Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in the central office, bringing you the latest news from your public schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. We'll also inform you of the latest updates, practices, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or a seasoned vet, we are here to help. Thanks for joining us today. I am Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and I can't wait to share with you some of these updates and news for our district. In case you missed it, We Learn Wednesdays is back in January, coming up at the Kasparian Professional Learning Center on St. James Avenue. We have sessions for this Wednesday from 4.15 to 5.45 on Class Dojo, Formative Assessment Tools, so that's using Padlets and Flipgrids and Cahoots, all sorts of different things in the classroom that students love. I tell you, they love them. So we have that. We also have another unified classroom drop-in session. So come and get all your unified classroom questions answered, along with Office 365 working with Windows 10 session, which was very popular last time around, and we are offering it again. Coming up on January 16th, that would be not this Wednesday, but the following, we have sessions on Exploring ways to transform and personalize instruction for your students. Always a great topic. One note for beginners. Physical computing with Makey Makey. And let me tell you, I went through a CS for all class recently. And Makey Makey's so awesome. You should definitely come and check that out. We are also having another unified classroom drop-in session. We actually have a lot of drop-in sessions coming up recently. You may have missed January 2nd. We also have one on January 9th that's Wednesday and one on the 14th which is the day after our January all-day PD come and get any questions you have answered on that day myself and others from my department will be available to talk so we have a lot of drop-in sessions coming up for you you can check all of these out you can register through my learning plan on my SPS you can search for them by typing in the keyword learn. In case you missed it, in Unified Classroom they've actually made some improvements to the rubrics for assignments where you can actually grade assignments using the rubric. Fantastic tool. We are just getting our hands on it now. It came out at the end of December and so as we are in the beginning of January and preparing for our training on this coming Friday for the entire district. We haven't had a big chance to dive deep into it yet but we are excited because it looks awesome and hopefully it works just as well as it looks. OneNote has also been released into Unified Classroom, so now you can do OneNote assignments. You can embed OneNotes into your class pages, which is a big, huge, gigantic plus in assessments, especially for those in the upper elementary and middle and high school. If you want to include Desmos calculators, which if you remember back in the day, the TI-84s, this is a digital free version that is in Unified Classroom that you can totally use and it will be great. Another few things that happened, Scratch 3.0 is here and you should be super excited about it because not only is it slightly easier to use, there's just a lot more that you can do with it. If you go out to Yammer on our main page, 
I actually posted a link to a free instructional guide for using it in the classroom that was sent to me and I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to download it. So you should go out there to Yammer and click on the link for that. Also on Yammer, we are taking a poll right now. We do have the opportunity to have some professionals from Microsoft come and do a Minecraft training with us. It would be an all-day session, maybe successive Saturdays, but they are all-day trainings and we are wanting to know if people are interested in using Minecraft in education and if they'd be willing to come to a training. So go and check all those things out. Remember, you can also use Adobe Spark. I use it every week when I create my favorite quote Fridays, which I think is a very awesome tool and very cool way to use it. But Adobe Spark has so much more than just making cool posters. That has the ability to make pretty cool and neat videos, websites, audiobooks, digital books. You have the ability to do that with your students. Check it out at spark.adobe.com. Hopefully I remember that correctly. There's just a lot of things going on and we are super excited about all of them. Coming up next is our interview of the week. For this week's interview of the week, I interviewed Christina O'Connor over at Valiad Middle. She's an eighth grade ELA teacher. Now, she's doing a lot of great, amazing things in the classroom. I hope that you are inspired by this interview, so check it out. O'Connor. Um, I'm an eighth grade English language arts teacher here at Ballyette Middle School. This is my 12th school year. Started in 2007. Can't believe it's been so long, but I absolutely love what I do. I've loved working in alternative middle school education for all those years. I couldn't see myself going anywhere else because this is a population that I love. So all 12 years at this particular Bellia or because I know that there's a few different ones so I don't know how I personally don't know how it all works okay so. so when I started 12 years ago and for the first I think three or four years that I worked for this for the alternative middle school we were at the old MCDI Massachusetts Career Development Institute on Wilbraham Ave and we used to be called safe middle school so the alternative schools used to be called the safe schools when we moved to this building, the old Balliette Elementary School, we became known as Balliette Middle School, but we are still the alternative middle school here in Springfield. Awesome. That's good to know because I always got my Balliettes confused because the other Balliette is literally like right around the exactly, corner. Exactly, exactly. So when they got that building, this one was vacant and we got this building and I'm so thankful because this is a building to educate students in our last one we had no windows it was like an old warehouse so we're just thankful to have a real school building makes it easier to educate students yes it does early on in your teaching either over at the mcdi center or here what kind of technology did you have access to and your students have access to pretty much none we did not have a smart board 
We did not have anything like that. We literally had a whiteboard, so that's not technology, obviously. And we had desktop computers, which were only used for READ 180 in System 44, the Scholastic program. So the students were not using technology at all, very rarely. Very rarely. And neither were we, you know? We were using either overhead projectors or, you know, the old, old school mm -hmm. projectors and the whiteboards. So Read 180, that's a program on our podcast we haven't talked much about because I haven't had the opportunity to talk to many middle school teachers who are not math middle school teachers. So can you explain to our listeners what it is? Absolutely. So I've been teaching um, a mixed model of Read 180 and the regular ELA curriculum for several years. Read 180 is a reading intervention program for students that are reading below grade level. Actually, the technology is incredible this year. Just this year, we started with Read 180 Universal, and it's set up so that the students, it looks like they're on Facebook or mm -hmm. YouTube, so it's very friendly to what they're used to. It looks like different apps. They can read their books online, and everything is lexiled, which means they get a score when they first take the reading inventory, It lexiles them according to what their level is, what grade they're reading at, and then the intervention program meets them where they are and then helps them to increase their scores. So it's interesting, just last week, they had to take their second reading inventory of the year, and already, I would say, maybe only a handful of students did not make growth. So they're already making significant growth. So they use the computer for Read 180 for the first 25 minutes of class. So they are on Read 180. It's individualized instruction. They have headphones. They're all assigned headphones. Um, they have to record into the microphone, speak. So there's a fluency component where I have to then go and grade their fluency. And it's actually this year super engaging. I literally just had a student a couple weeks ago say, Miss, I really have learned a lot on Read 180 this year. And they're telling me some of the animals that they've learned about. I'm like, I've never even heard of that type of bird. So it's interesting. So it's it's technology right from the start of, of the ELA block. I teach a 90-minute ELA block. So okay. they're getting that every day. Is it interest-based? Do they like take a survey to start with? Because I know there's some programs out there which students would take a survey to find out what their interests are. And then the work is lexiled to their level but using their interests. So like you were just talking about the student who learned so much about the animals. Like, is that because that they were interested in animals or is the Read 180 really more focused on, here's a good piece of literature, here's a good piece of literature, minus like what you're interested in? So yes, <laughs> to answer, you know, really yes and no, because when they first take their reading inventory, so before they're even mm -hmm. enrolled in the program, They can choose three topics of books that they like so that when they're done with their inventory, it will give them their Lexile score and then it will give them recommended books to read on their Lexile that they can do independently. However, for the software, the regular like software part that's not having to do with the independent reading time, 
it is according, it'll start you off at the same, you know, segment. So first of all, the very first segment of the year is mindset matters. And it talks mm-hmm. about like growth mindset and, and how failure can ultimately lead you to success. And the kids are super engaged because the topics now are on Michael Jordan and they're on um, Harry Potter, the author of Harry Potter. So that's what I'm saying. The technology has gotten so much better because it's applicable. It's real world connections. It's engaging now. Mm-hmm. But then after their first segment, they are able to choose some different topics. Okay. So I have a student now that was just like, Miss, I want to go to take a field trip to MIT because I'm learning about the bionic man and his legs. And, and so that technology piece is actually making them want to even go further with it. It's really interesting. And we're like, well, Boston's a little far, but maybe we can work out a field trip to see you know, what they're doing there in robotics. So, and she never heard of that. So, That's awesome. um, so there is some choice, um, but there's also some required, you know, segments. Mm-hmm. So, but they do like it, especially this year. The Read One Eighty Universal is pretty incredible. So. Yeah. So you, so you've seen because you've been using it for so long, such a increase in the way that the program is run. Absolutely. And the kids and the students really seem to be grasping more of it this year than in prior years. I had. Many students refuse to do their read 180 in the past. I'm being completely honest that beginning this year, they're way more engaged, mm-hmm. way fewer refusals. So, And I think a lot of it is just the engagement with the technology piece. That's awesome. Well, that's read 180. Are there any other programs that you've reached out and tried, or are there things that you're doing that you're glad that you're using now? Or Yeah, I do definitely use you know my smart board much more so like I said when I started we didn't have any technology but now I'm able to use that regularly and and just even that is more engaging for students to see it you know that way they're just way more engaged than if you were just writing on a chart of paper writing on the board these students just are sucked in to technology and um that, you know, they definitely are more engaged as a result. So we've talked about how programs that you're using that students are engaged in. We've talked about the smart board. How is it with the student laptops? Do you have different assignments that you have them complete using that or? For sure. So for instance, we just finished a four paragraph essay. Um, It's interesting how many of the students aren't even used to using Microsoft Word. So even just showing them how to choose the font size, how to double mm-hmm. space, how to indent, that was a couple of lessons in and of itself. But now they are familiar how to do that because, you know, with MCAS and ANET, everything's on the computer. So mm-hmm. trying to encourage the students to use that technology so that when they get there, they're more familiar with it. Also, every day there is a 20-minute rotation where they – focus more on writing and so they've been using OneNote for that and their writing assignments are Mm -hmm. on there and my co-teacher really is the one that does that really well Mm -hmm. but the students are doing that every single day and they're making gains because they're used to typing on that and doing their writing and putting their thoughts on OneNote. That's great, and that's definitely going to help when MCAS comes this year, as last year was the first year it kind of counted for everything online, and it's just going to continue going that way. Yes, so I'm excited to see how much growth they're going to get as a result of these you know, programs that we're now using. 
Uh, so one more technology question here. Are you guys participating in the take-home project where students take home the laptops? We are not. We are not one-to-one -one here. We just assign students laptops to use here in the mm -hmm. building. So in every class, they have a laptop at their disposal that they use. All right. Um, so what are some things that you know now that would change what you would have done prior since you have many more experience, years of experience than I do, for so, example? So in technology or just in general? Either one. So it's interesting. I started in 2007 and at an alternative behavioral middle school in Springfield. So I was warned, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, are you sure you want to do this? And because I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, I guess, at the time. Um, I never looked back, but I do think that I've learned structure. Structure routines are so important. Um, just that the kids actually really like boundaries. They might push back a lot at first, but they feel safe with those structures, those boundaries. I'm very into rules, routines, procedures, consistency. And the classroom almost starts to run itself. They know what to do as soon as it turns 8 o'clock. Sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, you guys are a minute early, and they're already getting out their Read 180. They're already getting out their utensils that they need. So structure, firm routine, unemotional consequences just... Um, really helps with that and also something that's super important is just to have a growth mindset and that's you know again people coming seeing me coming into an alternative middle school in Springfield they don't really see our students succeeding in the long run mm -hmm. many of them are overaged and maybe have had difficulty obviously in mm -hmm. school in the past and haven't been successful in mainstream schools and it's so important to keep in mind that it doesn't matter if they're reading on a kindergarten uh, reading level when they come in in eighth grade. It doesn't matter if they're reading at a freshman in high school reading level when they come in eighth grade. Every single student can grow. Mm -hmm. Every single student can make progress. I don't want to hear, you know, people saying, oh, you know, this is their past. This is what they've done. You know, when they walk into Valiant Middle School in my classroom, they will make growth because I believe in them and all students can make progress. And I've seen it. I got to speak at the alternative high school graduation last year and I saw kids graduating from high school that I had in eighth grade. And I'm sure many people didn't think they would make it, but they did. And they were there in front of me mm -hmm. and I was able to speak to them on that side of the stage. And so just really not having that mindset of, you know, ah, uh, they're special education, ah, uh, they're not going to be, you know, they're ELL, like, go easy on them. No, you know, rigor and high standards, high bars, and they will rise. You know, they might not completely meet the standards. I have very high standards, mm -hmm. but they will rise. They will make growth. And um, just to believe in every student, no student is too mm -hmm. far gone. With this being the middle school, it means you get a lot of students from elementary schools. All, what would be some words of advice, encouragement that you would offer them because you are getting their students. Mm -hmm. So things that you've seen coming in with those sixth graders who eventually become eighth graders who eventually go on to graduate. Some advice I would give to the elementary school teachers are 
to push your students, don't baby them, because um, you want to prepare them for middle school. And in elementary school, they don't transition. They're, you know, they're, they're contained in one classroom for most of the day. And then in sixth grade, they come to a bigger school. They start having several different teachers for several different classes. They transition. They get overwhelmed. So I think it's important, especially as they're in fifth grade, to really begin to, to push them and to make them a little bit more independent, maybe make them independent learners because they are going to be a little more responsible for their own education in middle school. They're going to have to ask questions and be responsible for due dates and, and not be so handheld, I think. So maybe it's better to um, push them you know, ahead a little bit and, and make them really responsible for their own learning. That's what I always say, you know, you need to be responsible for your learning. It's your education. So I think that's what I would do. Yeah, I know from teaching fifth grade. <clears throat> so I, that was one of the things, if I had a student who maybe wasn't academically at what a fifth grader should be, if they had those skills, I felt I was at least successful enough to get them to the next level. Right. Because right. you're right, in fifth grade and a lot of the schools, they're all self-contained classrooms where one teacher teaches everything except for one subject. Or... So I completely understand exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So because you're in middle school, I just asked about elementary. What advice would you give the high schools who are getting your students? That's interesting because some of our students do move on to mainstream high school, but many of our students stay in alternative. It's where they feel comfortable. It's they've been successful in the alternative schools and they want to continue on with smaller groups and more support from staff and fewer students. So oftentimes we lose a lot of our students going from eighth to ninth grade. And I think Many ninth grade teachers feel that, oh, they should be ready. They should be able to, you know, just kind mm -hmm. of be, you know, on their own and, and all this freedom. And I know it's interesting that in fifth grade, we want to encourage them to become a little more independent. But in eighth grade, especially here in an alternative school, we have really strong structures and supports in place. And they still need some of that at the beginning of ninth grade. They still need some of those you know, strong supports and they're, they're not 25 yet. They, they can't maybe have as much freedom. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't need as much freedom as often that they get. Um, so kind of to wean them off, start strong, start really structured in ninth grade and, and keep supporting them knowing that this is scary to them. This is new. And then to start to fade the supports as time goes on. I just think it's interesting. Middle school is kind of that, that middle ground where, you know, we need to pull up the elementary students, but then we still need to support the, the eighth graders as they're leaving and um, push them forward. But they still need that support. They're still, you know, a summer isn't a whole lot of time between eighth and ninth grade. Right. So they still need that, that structure and, and that support. Yeah, seven, eight weeks is not no. <laughs> not long at all, not especially at all. if they're going to summer school. Right, exactly. Where they've exactly. had no time to really like just exactly. be themselves and grow. Exactly. So we've spent a lot of great time today, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but my final question, I ask everybody this. If you had a piece of advice that you would give to all the new teachers who come into the district every year, there's 
right before school starts. And then for the group of teachers who weren't able to be a part of that or were hired afterwards, they have them every week on like a Wednesday or something Mm -hmm. where they are, those new teachers are given a lot of information and a lot of tools and a lot of this and a lot of that. If you had the opportunity to give a piece of advice to them, to brand new teachers into the district, whether it's in regards to technology or anything else, what would that be? I would say be firm, fair, consistent. Students will call you out if, if you're not being consistent and not being fair. Um, don't sweat the small, you do need to sweat the small stuff. It's important because smaller things end up becoming bigger things. Have routines for everyday procedures. Students need routines. They thrive off of routine. I know many teachers do as well. It's kind of in our personality, but students do as well. They feel safer when you are firm and consistent, and they end up respecting the teachers that are like that more than the teachers that give them too much freedom or the quote-unquote cool teachers. They actually (laughs) really respect those that are like that. Also, building relationships is super important. Building relationships and behavior management. If you don't have those two pieces down, there's not going to be a lot of learning going on. If you don't have those structures, those routines, the behavior management piece, then you'll never get to the learning, the curriculum learning. So for me, that is the most important thing. Because then, like I said, the classroom starts to run itself. But also just building relationships, getting to know these students They can smell fake from a mile away, and they know who cares. Get to know your students. Get to know what what is their home life like, you know? Because if you know those things, if you know the things that they go home to, then you, oh, okay, I see why they're acting this way, or I see Mm -hmm. why they're not getting their homework done. So just um, being being compassionate and empathetic towards their situation. Just getting to know your kids. Have a good time, too. Mm Enjoy it. Enjoy these students. They're a lot of fun. They are very colorful. They have colorful, I always say they're colorful. They have colorful personalities and enjoy them. Get to know them. Well, thank you for your time. I know we're in the middle of a busy day and I know today is a Thunderbird day. So that's, (laughs) while it might not be as busy, it's still pretty busy. (laughs) Always. All right. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Christina O'Connor. That was a fantastic interview. I definitely felt like I learned more about what elementary ELA and how those, how that differs from middle school ELA and the things that you're doing in the classroom, including the use of Read 180. Sometimes I know for me, it's hard to understand what is coming for the students. As a fifth grade teacher, I had always wanted to prepare them for middle school. And I feel like for me, I got a great understanding of what's going on in a middle school ELA classroom and how I can, as an elementary teacher, better prepare them for middle school. I also really like the fact that we got into like, what are some of the things that high school teachers should know about the middle schoolers coming to them? Um, She had a lot of great advice in there and I really encourage you to go back and listen. Make sure to pull some stuff out for yourself because there's just so much awesomeness in there. So again, Christina, thank you. So with January getting started, we are so excited for the next few months about what we have going on. 
whether that is the unified classroom drop-ins, which we have a lot of them scheduled, which is the We Learn Wednesdays, which we are also super excited about. There are so many teachers doing so many great things in the classroom that we highly encourage you to come sign up on My Learning Plan to visit and learn. Also, if you know of someone who would be great to interview about the things they're doing in the classroom, we would love to talk with them. So you can email us at dlasupport at springfieldpublicschools.com or you can directly email me. I would love to also talk with them. One of the things that we are doing is continuing to outreach and sharing the love. So if, if you really have been enjoying the podcast, I encourage you to go out there and share it. We are available wherever podcasts are available to listen to. That includes Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I'm not quite sure how it gets there, but it gets there. We are also, Spreaker is our main site. That's where all the links from today's show and other past shows will have links in there available. You can also follow me out on Instagram and Twitter, Bearded Tech Ed or Bearded Tech Ed Guy. I am always posting things. Anytime I find something new that is great for the classroom, I post it out there so that you guys have it, have access to it. We're also in the process of making some pretty awesome videos about how technology is being used in the classroom from teachers who are willing so keep an eye out for those we did one last year with scott woolers who was a previous podcast interview doing some great things in the classroom i highly encourage you to go and check all these things out i'm your host mike thomas and this is the sbs digital learning hour